if a patient has a neurological disorder, it takes between six months to two years to find a good medication. The advantage of our technology is that we can support if a certain medication will work for the patient or not. I do believe that our technology can help there a lot in understanding how each patient will respond to each drug. Welcome to the Ripples of Radical Generosity podcast by Coralis, a global community of women and non-binary people making real progress on the world's to-do list. Together, we're transforming the world to become more equitable and sustainable. Hi, I'm MJ Ryan, and I am one of the development guides at Coralis, and I am so excited to be here today with Margaret to talk about her venture, which we're going to get into what that is, and to celebrate the fact that she has paid off the Coralis venture loan, and what that means is the money is now in circulation to go out through other ventures. So, Margaret, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your venture? My name is Margaret Matesian. I'm the CEO and founder of Ananda Devices. I joined the Coralus community in 2018, and I have been a venture and an activator since then. And um, it's it's it has been game changer for us, for Ananda, for the company, and it's a huge pleasure to be here with you, MJ. Yes. So I just remember so vividly can, um, about being at the, re- the venture retreat. And at the time we did uh, the money distribution a little differently. And one of the rules was you can't give it all to one person. And all of the ventures are there with you said, if we could, we would give Margaret all the money. <laughs> and so can you tell us briefly for those who might not know what is Ananda Devices or at least at the time, what was Ananda Devices? Cause you've had a quite a journey in the last five years. Yes. So my background is in science. I'm a biochemist and pharmacologist. And what I learned very early on in my career that the bottleneck to develop new medication for patients is especially for patients with neurological diseases, Alzheimer's, Parkinson, autism, pain, multiple sclerosis, and so many others, is that we don't have a model. We don't have a way to test the new medication. While um, cancer, for instance, the patients are willing to give us a piece of the tumor to put under the microscope, add the drug and see if it works or not. With neurological disorders, it's really hard to convince the patient to give us a piece of their brain or their spinal cord and it wouldn't even work. So we have to use animals to model those diseases. And unfortunately, uh, it's not good. It's not working really well because most animals don't develop these diseases naturally. They Mm. don't develop Parkinson. Alzheimer's. So what we do then, the idea we had was why not to create a model of the human brain, the human spinal cord in the lab in on a chip so that we could test the medication directly on the tissue from patients. And this is very important, especially because today most of the drugs are tested in male subjects and a lot of the neurological diseases, especially the autoimmune ones, are, are mostly uh, occur mostly in women. So I had the, I was the caregiver of, of my mother for many years uh, until she passed away. So I know firsthand how hard it can be to have uh, a patient with you that is in pain and there's nothing you can do. So I developed this technology where we can grow human tissue on a chip directly from patients, from men, from women, from people of, of different geographies, whatever we want. 
And once we give this to the pharmaceutical companies, our goal is that they would use it to test their drugs instead of testing rats. And yeah. this could be really great because it will reduce animal testing, will deliver better medication to patients. I thought it would be a game changer. So I resigned from my position. I opened, I started another devices and I started talking to large pharmaceutical companies. Um, it took a bit longer, <laughs> so it was not as easy. <laughs> Just a wee bit longer. <laughs> it was not as easy as I thought to convince them to use our models. And uh, in this, when I was in this spot, you know, 2018, where we had our first contract and we had to deliver when we did not have a lab a manufacturing facility, it was really challenging. It was with the Coralus community that I found the loan that support us to deliver this first contract. And from there on, we started growing and growing and we arrived where we are today. Yes. And I remember originally the, your first contracts, if I recall correctly, were for um, uh, cosmetic companies. So the pharmaceutical ones were less eager for whatever reason. And originally you were doing, people needed to test cosmetics, not on animals, because there's a lot of movement around that. Yes, we were not the only one to notice that animal testing was not the best idea. Uh, regulatory agencies, uh, associations to protect animal welfare, and for patients as well, they knew we had to change. But for pharmaceutical industries, a really big industry, hard to move. And the first one really impacted by this movement to reduce animal testing was the cosmetic industry. And in the first contract we got with a large corporation was with uh, L'Oreal. And uh, they were very interested in, in developing alternative methods and delivering better uh, products for customers. And I was really surprised because I was like, I'm a neuroscientist. Why am I working as a cosmetic company? <laughs> but uh, it, it was a nice proof of concept. And from there on, uh, additional companies came. And, and then finally, we managed to to arrive where we are now, where we're discussing policies with the regulatory agencies. Yes, and so now um, you have persevered through a lot because almost all of what you've gotten has been practically all bootstrapped, right? So tell us a little bit about how you've managed to get from here to there, um, and then we'll go into what's happening right now, which is really, really exciting. So tell us how you've managed to make it. Yeah, so being a a woman in science is a challenge. A woman entrepreneur, I think it's even a bigger challenge because it's very difficult to fundraise. And, and I remember how much it resonates with me when I heard the first time Vicky Saunders talking about it and, and about her own experience. And then when I joined the Coralus community and I saw all these other women around me and it was very empowering. And I have to say, sometimes in this entrepreneurial journey, it can be very, very lonely. And, and you're the different one, right? I, I remember the first uh, uh, I went with, there was the McGill, the technology was developed by McGill. With, uh, the technology was developed at the time I worked at McGill. And then there was this accelerator from McGill and they would take us to Silicon Valley to meet with investors. I was the only woman. Everyone else were a young boy that just developed something and in his garage or, you know, there was not so much uh, of this deep tech innovation at the time. And and then to all the meetings we went, everyone was like, you know, what are you doing here? Or I felt like I was not in the right place. But when I joined Coralus, she, I felt 
yes, this is the right place for me. And yes, I have support here. And yes, we have to fight for more women to have a space in the sun because most of what we are doing is, is really changing how women health is considered nowadays and is changing how people in general. So it's a, for the well-being of everyone. Yeah, so in addition to the venture loan, which you paid off, Congratulations. It's been five years and you've paid every every single solitary quarter. So thank you so much for that. We really want to honor you for that accomplishment. And you also, through the community, have gotten some angel investors, right? Through the Coralist GEO community. Is that true? Yes. And that, that was, I think that's something, I don't know if anyone knows how uh, women's health is forgotten and how people do not study it at all and how much we don't know much about you know, how women feel pain, how women develop autoimmune diseases and, and how women are suffering from so many uh, other neurological and mental diseases without any help. So when I presented a few times, uh, she also helped me in putting me on the spot. And, you know, like this is an event, talk to others why it's important. It was not just about the money, but it was a lot about the mission and the impact. And I think impact is that's what really changed because when you go in front of a lot of people and you have the chance to tell them, hey, this is important, we have to change that. And just by talking, you know, in every event is, is how we arrived now at, at talking to the FDA and they taking us serious and saying, yes, we have to, regulations have to change and we are, we are here to listen to you. But it doesn't happen from one day to the next. It happens with someone that helped you. And I remember once I heard someone saying, and I think it's really true, to win an award or to be out there, someone has to nominate you. Like mm. we all stand on, on wide shoulders, on giant shoulders. And, and I'm very thankful for everyone in the Coralus community for giving me the space and the ears to listen to what I had to say. It resonates with some of the, the activators and they invested in the company. Yes. And, and I'm very happy to, to have those investors because they have been really valuable. And we are very aligned with the mission and with the accomplishments we want to reach in the next uh, in the next milestones. Yeah, and um, you also have a recipient of the perpetual fund loan. So, just for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is, is that as ventures pay back the loan, then it becomes available to be given out again at, at what we call our perpetual fund. And you have been a recipient of that as well to help with cash flow issues. So that's a wonderful thing. Um, but it makes me so angry. I, I, I hear you being very level-headed, but I am so furious that you have had to work so hard and none of these Silicon Valley VC folks have ever shown up to say, here, here's this money. And I do believe that if you were a young guy, you would have gotten it, don't you? Yeah, and, and I think also, you know, people are, they, they, if, if I come, I remember when I went to all those pitch competitions a few times in Silicon Valley, and then, you know, come this person, oh, we have this next toy that you can mm -hmm. play and it's electric or it's this or it's that, or this next food that will energize you for all the parties in your life. And then comes me and say, hey, 20% of the world population is getting Alzheimer's and we have to do something about it, help us change the game. Nobody wants to hear about it. They want, yeah. they are all those boy dreams. Oh yes, we're gonna, you know, change the world with a motorcycle or something like that. And <laughs> so I, I heard that, I spoke to one of, of the, the investors and they said to me at the time in the conference, um, 
your your technology is not sexy enough. I said, well, thank you. I mean, that's it's not about them, you know. It's it's about uh, your health, your mother's health, your family health. But the industry heard us, and we we are generating revenue. We have recurrent customers. We sign contracts with fifteen of the lead pharmaceutical companies. Um, they are using our products on a recurrent basis. And of course, as a company that is growing, most of the money we received is reinvested in the company for, you know, to get us better and, and reach our goals. And sometimes there were cash flow bumps. And I think that we know we could knock on the doors of Corlys and Chio and they were there to support us. It was our first one. And then the second one with the venture fund, that was when we were almost there with the FDA. We were waiting for to some receivables in the middle of everything. And then we said, we have to put, um, invest in scaling up manufacturing right now. And, and as always, the, the Carlos community showed up and, and supported us. And this was, you know, fast call, amazing. We, we knocked on the door of several banks. And even though we're a Canadian company with manufacturing in Canada, with technology here that is exporting worldwide, when we go talk to banks, it's like, oh, okay, can you give us your house and guarantee? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's, um, that's not how it turns the wheel. Yeah, yeah. So, and then recently, so something big happened, which you've kind of started to allude to. So let's go directly into it now, specifically about the FDA. So I remember having a conversation with you where you said, you know, I just saw this request for proposals from the from the US uh, FDA. And they're asking for a proposal to create something that I already have. And then what happened? The FDA was offered funding for an American company to develop a certain technology. And we had already the technology. We were commercializing the technology. It was validated. Big companies were using it. So we, we reached out to them, we talked to them, and, um, and they said yes. Show me what it is and how it works. And if you're good enough, like if it's really everything you're saying, we have a contract. So we did the due diligence. We signed a contract with the FDA. We were one of the I think, three companies now that are working with the FDA on alternative models. This is huge. The other company that is working on a, another model, they have raised um, more than $200 million. And, and they are there. You know, we, we, have, <laughs> we, we haven't raised $5 million yet. So all of that together show how much we bootstrapped and how much efforts we have put on this technology to come where we are today. And um, it was not an easy road, but having uh, having Vicky's and your telephone number on, on on my speed dial helped sometimes to you know to keep track to to believe and and to to look for help. You know sometimes we even forgot that we can ask for help. Yeah, that's always what I notice about ventures is people hunker down, they think they have to do it themselves. But if we just know that we have each other, and we're here to support one another, that really can change a lot, right? Yeah. So tell yeah. me where you are with the FDA now, what it means, what's the implications of this FDA contract? Uh, it opens up a huge market opportunity. They, if all goes well, our technology will be qualified as the gold standard in the market for, for a drug development tool to make sure, you know, products are not toxic to humans. What else could we ask for, right? Imagine, you know, 
measuring the toxicity of a compound directly on, on the tissue for another human. So making sure whatever we take is safe first. I think it's a it's an invaluable asset for for the toxicity field and for the world. Um, and we're talking to them. Where there's a process, but now we have to to validate everything. They you know tick all the, the boxes they are asking us for the endorsement. And uh, we already uh, this launched officially publicly. The FDA announced this collaboration in Berlin in June during a, a large conference. We're going out to Niagara Falls is the largest conference to replace animal testing. We'll be there. Some of our customers will be there showing the technology we have developed. The FDA will be there. Um, so there's uh, a lot going on and I'm, I'm very happy. However, we still need cash because this is a different game. This is really like uh, the, the numbers are much higher than what we're used to. And scaling up manufacturing requires a, a huge in, initial investment. The return is also uh, very positive, but we have to, to invest money to make money. And yeah. we're looking for investors again. Yes, makes sense. And if I had a bunch of money, I'd give it to you. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, you told me once what the what the um, possibility of scale of reduction of animal suffering from what you're doing can you tell everybody else who's listening what what's the implication for you yeah today it's estimated that 600,000 animals are used every year just for this specific application that we are working with the FDA and if our technology gets the endorsement and everything goes well, we could replace 600,000 animals. Wow, per year. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. And this is a huge impact, not only in terms of animal lives, but also environment, right? Imagine mm. the 600,000 animals, uh, what everything they eat, how much they pollute, all the, the energy required to put this in place. And we can replace it all by one of our chips. Wow, that's amazing. And you also have this vision of a library. Tell me what your big vision is. Yeah, my, that's my dream. And that, that comes back again to my life experience. You know, it's um, if a patient has a neurological disorder, it takes between six months to two years to find uh, a good medication. I'll give an example of Parkinson. So a patient has Parkinson, they start taking a medication. It takes six months to see if the medication works. And then if, if it all goes well, they have to change for another and then if it doesn't go well, they have, so there's a lot of side effects. There's a lot of problems. And during the six months, the situation, the, the movements from the patient just start decaying, um, which, which is really bad because we don't have much time, but the patient keep trying a lot of medication without knowing if it's gonna work or not. The advantage of our technology is that we can support if a certain medication will work for the patient or not. It's a, a first step in understanding how the medication works in the nervous system of the patient. And, and my dream would be, of course, that one day patients will find the best, like the doctors could you know, uh, recommend the best medication to the right patient. And there's a lot of variability, you know, men and women are different, people from different ethnicities, from different mm -hmm. backgrounds. They all respond different to drugs. So, it's a sort of a person, what they call personalized medicine. And I do believe that our technology can help there a lot in understanding how each patient will respond to each drug. Yeah, and I have a glimmer of how this could be possible because 
folks have started talking to me about genetic testing like 23andMe, helping their psychiatrists decide which um, drug for uh, depression and anxiety they should take. Because it because there's such a huge genetic component, certain things work better for different genetics that they can see just from that. So I could imagine if they could see the actual the effect on the actual tissues, that they, they, it would be even more effective, right? For picking. Yes, and we could build a library of that exactly. Like you know, those are the type of patients that respond better here, and those and things change as well. You know, we also test. Sometimes we get cells from patients of different ages. And we see that it changed maybe in, even in regular, we see that someone that was not allergic to something at a certain age became allergic to something. It can happen. So even the genetic is not the end game. Having the tissue of the patient on the time they are taking the drug is key. Fabulous, so cool. So Margaret, you've been on this journey and you, if you were gonna look back over the over these years from, from idea to FDA, what would you say that you that has been the biggest lesson that you've learned that would that would be helpful to anyone else who might be thinking about starting a business? <laughs> so the first one is it's much more difficult than you think. And I think the main challenges are to disrupt structures that are very fixed. Having a disruptive technology and and, and I'll tell you a, a short story. When I developed the technology, I started a company. First thing I, I met someone who knew someone who knew someone of a large company in France. So I went to France to this pharmaceutical company, got a meeting with them and said, hey, I have this technology we can replace animal testing. Why don't you try it? And they looked at me and said, what am I gonna do with my animal department? Like, what am I gonna do? I, we cannot, that's not how it works. You know, that you have a new technology and the industry changed. You have to really, you know, bring this back. Will the FDA accept it? And that's the first time I heard that it was, you know, 2015. And I said, haha, that's what I need to do. <laughs> okay, so I work really due diligence, uh, due diligently, and I, I, you know, all the way until we have, we got the first customer, we got the validation, we got to the regulatory agencies, we changed the game. It was all from experiencing the disease with a family member to develop the technology, to have this idea to bring it to market, to convince the pharmaceutical companies. They are not convinced enough. We need to convince the regulatory agencies. Now we convince the regulatory agencies and um, I'll keep knocking on doors. So it's resilience is everything. Yes. The thing about you that I would say is that you have persistence. You have been working at this since 2015, as you just said. Uh, that's a lot of work to get to where you are now, right? And you've managed to stick with it no matter what the obstacles thrown in your way. Yeah, I think, well, there comes a bit of all the spiritual side of each of us, right? Mm -hmm. At a certain point, we have to make peace with ourselves and understand or try to understand why we're here, what our mission is. And I think um, that's my mission. That's what I like doing. And that's what I think it's important and worth doing. So I, I will continue doing it. Mm -hmm. And if others don't support or not, I think this is really right. And there's a lot of people that support me and that could benefit from this. And, and I hope we'll get there. Um, but back to your question, I think, we have to be in a community. It's essential to have a community around you. 
because sometimes, you know, the road can be tough. And then having someone to call, having someone to talk to, having someone that already experienced that, and not only one person, but a community really with different perspectives. And I'll give an example of the last retreat we had in Prince Edward Island with the Coralus community. So I arrived there. Uh, there were a few people I knew, two people I don't. So, and then you said, why don't you, for this activity, you sit down with someone you never talked before. And I had this different person in front of me and never met her. And we started talking and it resonates so much with me what she said. Mm. Because she was exactly, she just passed the stage, uh, her company passed the stage of where I am now. Like we're scaling up now, we're hiring more managerial people. So there's a lot of hats that I have to distribute here. And it was so nice, uh, everything she said and the comments she made and how it was for her. And it really gave me such a better understanding, you know, how things change all the time and how how from now on the company is a completely different company, uh, it was tremendously valuable. Fantastic. I'm so glad. That's so wonderful. I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad that was your experience. Is there anything else you want to make sure that people hear or know or understand about you and, or, and what you're doing? Yeah. So I think um, I, I would like to, if you could support, if you listen to this and if you could support us and if for you, um, neurological diseases are important and you would like to change the game. And if you know anyone involved in an association, pharmaceutical company, or an investor that could support us in our cause, please send them our way. I think, you know, changing the game starts first with awareness, with learning what's happening. Like, you know, some people don't even know that neurological diseases is a major problem in the world, but it is. And it's where we are all walking towards so um, please let's help us change this the second uh, part so first is awareness of course the second is how can we help right and if you can help in any way even bringing awareness to someone else or or you know introducing us to to investors let us know and the third is really support if you can support us in any way shape or form let us know if you know of anyone uh, interested in investing, in buying our products, or in supporting us as, as a patient association. Now we have been working yeah. a lot with patient associations. Uh-huh. And, and it, that's, that's the very rewarding part as well, you know, for me, because that's when you see the direct impact of the technology and you get happy about it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Margaret. I'm so honored to be uh, part of supporting you in your journey, because I feel like what you're doing is such an important gift to the world. And um, I, I am determined to, to help you get the funding that you need. So we'll be talking about that soon. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And, and I'm also tremendously happy every time I see that the Carlos community and all the ventures, and now that we paid back the loan and that I have been an activator for so long, it's so nice to see that you know, the money is going for causes that we believe in and that are really changing things. So uh, one of the companies I know, they have uh, uh, certain containers for for food. So I, I go to the supermarket and I look for it or I give it as gifts for the, the different types of, of products from the CEO community. If I know of anyone with eczema, I say, oh, you know, there's this cream from the CEO community. This is amazing, such adventure. So 
I, I'm really following and supporting because I know those are ventures, not only about, uh, you know, sending a new plastic product to pollute the world, but really bringing a product to market that will benefit the, the user. Thank you. All right, so Margaret, so if people do want to support you, how can they reach you? So please contact us at contact at anandadevices.com or if you prefer, visit our website, www.anandadevices.com and you can see all the beautiful neuronal organizations that we can make and how we can support the companies uh, accelerate the development for medication for patients. Great, thank you. Thank you so much for being an activator. Thank you so much for paying back your loan and uh, for being a, such an important member of our community and for doing the work that you're doing in the world. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Ripples of Radical Generosity podcast. Let us know what you thought of the episode and share this podcast with your friends. We invite you to join a global community of radically generous women and non-binary folks at www.coralis.world.